It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas, joined in the studio today by Craig Buddy. Welcome back from his uh, holiday. Stevie Nicol is with us as well as we kick things off in the Premier League. The late game would see Nottingham Forest take on Manchester United. And Forest would win by two goals to one. Dominguez would open the scoring for the host. Rashford then equalised. Then Gibbs White with a lovely finish to give Nottingham Forest all three points. Uh, this is what Ten Hag had to say after the game. We know the reason why it's not working. No team can deal with so many issues and, and injuries we've had. We should still have done better. We have depth in the squad. When you have so many injuries, the depth is not enough. Uh, Don Hutchinson uh, joins us. We'll be hearing from Don in a moment. But uh, Craig, which one is it? We should, we, which one is it? We, 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 you don't. Yeah. we can't. We can't do it because of the injuries, or we should have done better. You know, I think. Look, we sat. We give. United praise after the comeback against Villa. And, and, and look, second half, they came out in that Villa game, 2-0 down. They, they had no choice. They had no choice. They had to come out and, and show some, some energy, and they did, and they pressed. But if you really peel it back, Villa made Villa gifted them a couple of goals, right? Sure. There, is no, there is no doubt about that. That is factual. Now, you might say United pressured them into the mistakes, but, but you, you know they gave the ball away for two goals. They created nothing in this game until, or very little, particularly, uh, well, created nothing in the first half, very little in the second half until, you know, Matt Turner basically hands them uh, the ball on the plate. Uh, so really, I mean, it's, it's not a surprise. They go to Nottingham Forest, it's Nuno Espirito Santos' third game, he's already got a win away at Newcastle by playing a more attacking side, he was going to do the same again. They've got the bit between their teeth. It's, it's one of the smallest grounds in the Premier League, but it's one of the best atmospheres. And you've got to be expecting Forrest to be on the front foot and United are just not up for it. They're just not good enough to do anything else but get the odd win and then see where it goes from there. They're not going to put four or five wins together, are they? They're just not good enough. But, but here's the thing. You were so full of praise and we were positive about United. As you say, maybe it was more Aston Villa than Manchester United. But they were so flat in that first half. There was no sign of any sort of momentum, any sort of desire. Mm. It's just one change to the side that came back against Villa. Radisson Hoyland, of course, out because of illness. But yep. still, there was just nothing. I I'm sorry, but you, you have to look at the manager. You know, you, when, when you put a... Look, if, the, if there's one thing that, that, that the manager can't argue is that man for man, talent-wise, this Man United side, talent-wise, individually, is a lot better than Nottingham Forest. I don't think anybody can argue that. That means that... That means it's down to him to get his team in the right frame of mind, mentally, mm. to get after it. The way that Nottingham Forest players had got the right mentality to close the ball down, to win the challenges. I mean, the two goals he scored, yes, they're great goals, but the first one is passed from the back all the way forward, it's laid off, and then Dominguez then gets, puts it in. There wasn't a challenge, there wasn't anybody closing down, they're just all standing off, waiting on somebody else doing it. I mean, the attitude and the mentality of Manchester United is just 
it's unacceptable. And for Ten Hag not to come out and say, start right. saying that, because in, in the majority of the performances that we've basically slaughtered them about, that's been the biggest problem, their attitude and their mental state. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely down to the manager. That's, that's a huge part of his job. So, I, I, I'm sorry. And then, as far as I was praising Man United, you know, we've given them so much stick because they've been so bad that you almost feel as though you've got to. Because at some stage you've got to give them a bit of credit. But you know what, it's getting old. They're just not good enough. And it's about time that he started pointing the finger we're and just, throwing some of them out. We're just running out of things to say that are sort of without going round in circles. But, you know, at the end of the day, some of his decision-making as well. I mean, if you look at some of the stats that are flying around in terms of, you know, the chances they created, their results, the goals that they've not scored, all these things are, are incredibly bad. But, you know, for example, I don't know... There's a question mark whether young minor was injured or not, or whether the McTominay substitution sub, yeah. whether McTominay substitution was tactical. To, because McTominay come out, come on and basically tried to sit on, on Morgan's Gibbs White, Morgan Gibbs White. And actually Gibbs White was more effective even without the goal in the second half than he was in the first. And I think you start to question these uh, substitutions, uh, which is not the first time. The other point is, if you somebody needs to sit all these United hierarchy in a room and say, who was the one that wanted to pay 85 million for Anthony? <laughs> and whoever puts the hand up should be fired on the spot. Oh. Right? <laughs> now, they have a player, Nottingham Forest, who was deemed absolutely not good enough in Anthony Alanga. Right? Now, at this moment in time, who would you take in the team? Yep. Anthony Alanga or any youngster or this guy? Now, I'm not just picking on him. But when you're paying that amount of money, yeah. then you got to expect something. Tell me one thing that he did, one thing that he did before he came off injured in this game that had any purpose. Nothing. Go back to your point. Why was he playing? You've got you've got Ganacho who played on the, on his side that was a spark, in, in the so-called fantastic second half against Aston Villa. So why don't you leave it? Because it, well, it he played. No he, he played because he had to move Rashford because, because of Hoyland was sick. Don't. But, but figure something else out. You tell me you can't figure something else out because Rashford, as good as his goal was, is not a centre forward. Somebody's he paid eighty-five million yeah. for him. <laughs> uh, uh, Don, are you buying the injury excuse? There is a number of them. Not really. I, I just think it's old hat now. I mean. Yes, they've got them, but so is Spurs, so has got Newcastle, everyone's got them. Mm. You, you, the boys are right, it's, it, you're watching a side now, in a Man United side, that you just don't trust. I heard Ten Hag say after the game, oh yeah, we beat the top teams, you just can't beat the other teams. Top teams, you lost against City, Arsenal, Brighton, Spurs, Newcastle beat you twice, once in the League Cup. They don't beat any of the top sides. All right, they beat Villa last week, is that what he's clutching onto? But you can't trust them just when you think they've got a win against Villa and they played with emotion, they played with some sort of heart and spirit, and all of a sudden, we all knew off the back of them beating Villa, they would lose it for us today. And I said on, on Craig's point about Anthony Langer, I sat here last season, I, I commentated on an FA Cup game, and it was Sunderland versus Fulham, and Kazawa, a French international, played at left-back, and Man United really, uh, sorry, allowed um, Ahmad Diallo to go on loan he tore him to shreds, but yet they spent 90 million on Anthony and 85 on Jadon Sancho. It's staggering the mistakes that's happening at Man United at the top level, 
then on Ten Hag, he's got to be at fault at some point. We can't keep sitting here and say, well, he's not the problem. I'd like to think that's the case because he's got loads of them. But he's putting a side out there where I see no patterns of play. I don't know what they're doing apart from waiting for an opposition mistake or a little bit of emotion, whether you know they have a second-half revival like they did against Villa or Scott McTominay comes up the bench for five minutes against Brentford and scores a couple of goals. I see no plan. Let's, let's just not beat about the bush anymore. Jim Rat- so Jim Ratcliffe's coming in. He's going to have to be some sort of superman with Dave's Bra- Brailsford, who was a cycling guy and blah, blah, blah. Here's, one, here's, here's the list of stuff just at this moment in time, right? They've got to fix the stadium or rebuild a new one. They've got to fix the training ground. They've got to sell somehow or get rid of, I don't know, 40% of these players mm-hmm. and they have to sack the manager oh. and his coaching staff because there's a, bit of, there's a bit of wrongness in everything, right? And, and the stadium stuff and all that, that's, 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 that's over there, the training ground and all that, right? That's not the reason they're playing badly. But the manager has to take responsibility and so do the players. So that's how big this is. They have to look at these players and say, right, he, Sancho, out, waster, right? Anthony, how the hell are we going to get rid of him? <laughs> Martial, how the hell are we going to get rid of him? Johnny Evans, great lad, great professional. You know, he's, he's nearer, he's going to be, you know, he's, he's the yeah. wrong side of 35. Casemiro. You know, Casemiro's on this big long contract, he's not available. Christian Eriksen is not getting any younger. Scott McTominay does a great job for Scotland, but he's a squad player. The list goes on. And then we get to the manager and he's out of his depth, right? And there's no point sitting there saying, well, we can't just sack the manager. They come in, if you spend 1.25 billion or whatever it is, you cannot sit back on your backside and go, well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll give them all another six months or another 12 months because it's just going to fester and yeah. fester. Some big decisions are going to have to be made at this football club very quickly across the board and it is going to cost millions and millions more than the money he's already injecting in to the Glazers. Who should they appoint as the new manager, Don? I mean, there's talk of Lobotegi, there's talk of Graham Potter. I, I don't know, Dan, is the honest truth, because I've still got a feeling that Eric Ten Hag is not the problem. I'm, I'm, I'm clutching onto that, I really am. Why? What but have you seen, Don? Week, or, I think, what, what, he's, what, part what, I think oh. he's part of the problem, Don. What have you seen that's made you whether we'll hang on to this? It, well, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not so much in what I've seen in Ten Hag, apart from what I've seen last season winning a trophy in top four, but that's gone, that's finished. I'm not really seeing that much of him. But I just think you replace Eric Ten Hag with Graham Potter. Is that going to fix everything? Not in my opinion. Lopetegui, not in my opinion. If they went for a fantasy signing like Zidane, that's not going to work neither. Because Craig's right. You're looking at a team and a squad that's a shambles. So you, you, you almost sit back and go, well, it can't all be on the manager. He's got too many problems to deal with. The, it's huge and it's going to take so much time. Sacking a manager and bringing Graham Potter, Lopetegui in, I just think that's that's sticking a plaster over a massive cut because it might work for a week or two, but you're still left of all the players that Craig mentioned. It's people take say, well, you're time be- and loads of windows. People will say, well, you, were, you, you guys, you're hypocritical because you're saying the squad's not good enough, so how can the match? But as Stevie pointed out, it is still more than good enough to, to, to not be embarrassed by Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth at home. Yeah. And there's been other games this season where they have scraped past through to something magical, the Dallow goal at Sheffield United, the brilliant volley at Burnley from Bruno Fernandes, the list goes on, mm. right? The, even with 
a big injury list and suspension. You should not be going to Burnley and Sheffield United and be toiling in the manner in which they have been. You should not be beaten 3-0 at home by Bournemouth and it should have been four if it wasn't for the handball right at the end. I mean, th those things are they're undeniable and inexcusable. For, for the manager, to me, it boils down to there, are, there is a way to lose a game and there's a way that you can't lose a game. Right. And if you're losing games because your mentality is not right and it's happening on a regular basis, that, in my opinion, is down to the manager not putting a fire under all the players. Um, that is, it doesn't get any more basic than that. Uh, meanwhile, from Forest, of course, a big win for them in their scrap for safety. A word on Turner? Yeah, I, I think January is going to be a big worry for him in terms of uh, the new manager possibly asking for a more experienced goalkeeper for the Premier League. Yeah, he saved that one at the end that sort of they went on to score from, but he, he he struggles with the ball at his feet, he looks a little bit nervous, I don't think he imposes himself in the penalty area, he's not the biggest, he's not a bad goalkeeper, but I think that could be one of the positions that the manager goes out and said, do you know what? Mm. And they have got another, I think they've got another Greek guy in there that was in the side and then he's been replaced. But I think from the manager's point of view, I think Clearly, he's wanted a different dimension to Steve Cooper. He wants to be a bit more positive. Uh, you know, I think Cooper, obviously, it was harsh because he did such a great job, but they've wanted to move in a different direction. I think we're going to see a more positive Nottingham Forest, but I think Matt Turner will be glad to see February the 1st if they've not brought in another goalkeeper. In, in some ways, he's unlucky that the new manager is a goalie. Because right. most of us rely on our goalkeeping coach. Right. We, you know, unless you play the position, we, we, don't, we as outfield players don't know that much about goalkeeping. Like that, apart from spilling players. it in the back of the yeah, net. Apart yeah. from throwing it in. So the fact that Nuno's a goalkeeper is probably bad news for him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Harlan De Bruyne, Stevie and Shepard Spy, Shaka and Naps, all great teammates. But what's the perfect teammate for growing your business? Well, that's Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. 
shopify.com slash fc. Manchester City with a comfortable 2-0 victory over Sheffield United. Rodri would open the scoring, then a lovely interlink in play between Bob Foden and Alvarez at the far post. Would City get that second? A very comfortable win then for Pep Guardiola's side that puts them within touching distance now of the top teams. In fact, they move up to third, just two points adrift of Liverpool at the top of the table. Uh, but for City, they broke a record, didn't they? Most passes ever in a, in a Premier League well, game. Uh, Over 900. Not a big surprise. This was like a training game. This, wasn't it? this, this did not say spectacle on it. Uh, don't turn up to be an NTN game. And I suppose the other thing was Kevin De Bruyne uh, yes. back uh, uh, on the bench again and available and looking for some game time. And, and, and yeah, they are, in the second half of the season, going to put their hands up and say, beat us. Yeah. And it's going to be up to the rest. And we've already seen Arsenal have a, a little splutter uh, against West Ham a couple of days ago. We've got Liverpool to come on Monday against Newcastle. Who, you know, what the hell are we going to get from them? So, so yeah, it's it's uh, they were never going to go away. Put it that way. No, and it's, you look as you mentioned, obviously Newcastle, then Burnley, Brentford, Everton, Chelsea, Bournemouth, United. That's a pretty nice run in its day. Yeah, you'd have to say. I mean, to try, and, to try and figure out who's going to beat them is actually going to be pretty difficult. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that both Liverpool and Arsenal dropping points recently, they, they couldn't afford to do that. Yeah. Uh, and they did. Uh, and they look as though, to me, that they'll drop points in the future, which is bad news uh, because... Set to get De Bruyne and Haaland back pretty soon, then they're going to be on a run. Uh, should we say nice things about Phil Foden, Don? The manager with a plan... And Phil Foden was amazing. People said a few months ago he couldn't play as a number 10. Well, he's excelling in it. And I know there's stiff competition when you talk about England, but I'd be surprised if this guy doesn't have 100 caps. He's that good. It's the small things. It's the things that pros see and coaches see, the way he allows the ball to come across onto his back foot. It's the body movement. It's the ability to dribble, the pace. I said in commentary today the assist was world-class because many youngsters and anyone watching when you're trying to put a ball across a six-yard box, you'd put it too hard. You'd flash it across. you think, oh, I've got to smash it across because there's that little corridor where the back line and the goalkeeper, so I must hit it hard. He just put it in there with a perfect weight. And he said to Alvarez, you can't miss there from half a yard. I think the last couple of months, especially since De Bruyne has been away, he's been unbelievable. He's been that good. Uh, do you want to divvy up the percentages then, Don? For the Premier League title race? I thought it was race. coming, Dan. Yep, OK. Well, I thought it was coming, so I'm going to keep it pretty simple. OK. It's a three-horse race. Yes. 33 and a third. Arsenal, City, Liverpool. Oh, Don, come on. So who's... Come on, Don. Somebody's got their big nose ahead. Come, come on. What do you mean, come on? I don't think Villa are in the race. Yeah, I, I mean, know, but you've just done there. that just, just to be safe, just because you don't want to make a fool of yourself with your maths issues. You can't... Oh, well, I'm not going to start going 47s and well, 34s <laughs> and this, that, the other. I don't want to throw a spanner I mean, on, but 33 and a third doesn't, right in doesn't your add up to 100. <laughs> not quite. Uh, so who is it, Don, for you? Well, that wins it. Yeah. I think City. Yeah. I think they're that good. And I think we'll make moves in January. They've been linked with Paulinha at Fulham. They've been linked... With Lucas Pacatar at West Ham, I think they'll make moves. I think they'll allow probably Calvin Phillips to go to uh, Newcastle. I think Juve have said no, but I think Newcastle might take them on loan. I think they'll buy or they'll get, they'll get a quality player in. And as the boys have said, De Bruyne is coming back. And Ireland. Uh, who's going to be their biggest competition, Stevie? I feel like I ask you this every time, but you've been away. 
it gets harder every week to try and figure it out. West Ham th- was a big shot, wasn't it, against Arsenal? Uh, yeah, but... I don't know, I, just, I, can just, I can see Liverpool and Arsenal dropping points. Right. Let's just say both. <laughs> well, I mean, aye. It, it's, it changes. For, for Liverpool and Arsenal, it, it does feel as though it changes every couple of weeks. Right. So it's very difficult, Dan, honestly. I'll go with him. Oh, dear. Well, I mean, You've got a bit, what have you got to say? Do you know the other thing? <laughs> Do you know the other thing? Why have you got so sad? Because, because I, I mean, it would be great for somebody else to step up and not have City won it for the fourth year in a row. But right. The truth is, is that, as I said, I could see Liverpool and Arsenal dropping points right. before Man City do. Do you know the really kind of annoying thing over Christmas and New Year has been this? And, and I know we weren't in there when the Arsenal game was on and that ball did it cross the line. It was inconclusive. Right. Is this narrative that seems to have... And what's worrying is, I think, slightly concerning, this narrative of conspiracies against sides. Oh, no, but it's, it's popped up, it's popping up with more prominent people now. Right. And it's, abs- it's not just the Joe Moron on Twitter. It is, it's people that should know better. And, and it really is. A lot of nonsense. It's absolutely... What, what, it, what this boils down to, and not, I'm not talking about the Arsenal game, is, is we've had some really bad decisions. You look at Wolves and all these other sides. I mean, this is not going to be decided, this title, by some conspiracy against Liverpool, against Arsenal, against Man United or somebody else. And, and quite frankly, it's worrying some of the, uh, you know, we'll call them journals, but, uh, you know, bloggers, whatever it is, raising their head and pushing this thing because you know what it does? It just absolutely feeds the frenzy that out, it is yep. out there. But trust me, it is, this is going to come down to, yeah, there'll be bad decisions in the second half of the season. Mm because there's been plenty in the first, but it's not a conspiracy against either side, for God's sake. Uh, meanwhile, Aston Villa had hit a bit of a speed bump, haven't they, over recent Oof. weeks. However, they would beat Burnley by three goals to two, but goodness me, they made hard work of it against ten men uh, for much of the second half. In the end, it was a penalty that decided the game. Stevie, was it the right decision? Oh, it's, it's about as soft as it gets. I mean, does he catch him? Yeah, he catches him. Under his under his heel. Now I, I don't. I, I, there's no way that it makes you fall the way he does. He just watch here. He just catches him under his under his foot there. I mean, there's no way that makes you fall like that. It's barely a touch, but he does catch him. So I guess in today's game, it's a penalty. Right. By the way, how long did it take Douglas Luiz? Ages. <laughs> he he was either trying to psych the goalkeeper out. Or he was absolutely had no idea where he was going to put it. And I, I think, honestly think it was a lot. I was sat at home going, for God's sake, take the <laughs> Even the referee kept going like that. Come on. But uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the draw at home at Sheffield United, uh, which was, you know, wasn't the easiest game because they were so deep. But they really should have put to bed the game at Old Trafford, shot themselves in the foot. And it looked like they were going to do it again today. And Xander Berger gets sent off in 56 minutes or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But they got the win, but it's going to be difficult for them to it, hang around. Expectation right. changes the way teams play. It's, it's one thing to do what they've done, come from nowhere. Right. But once you get there, and then all of a sudden you're expected to, every single time you step on the field, be as good as you are, win games, be comfortable, it, it changes. And, and I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that as much as they've, they've got over the line today, the, the, the way they're going about it is, to me, slightly changed. You know the guy that was in charge? Before. 
Steven Gerrard yes. hasn't won a game in two months in Saudi Arabia. I mean, heck. I think they've made a good decision wow. by Unai Emery. God. Uh, oh. um, Villa sits second, Don. They're going to finish top four. Uh, I think they will. I think it'll be between Villa and I think Spurs. Um, but I think, you know, Villa fans, and I know quite a few of them, would be over the moon. I mean, they think they're in a title race, and they are when you look at the sort of the stats and the numbers. You said they're not done. Points. You say it's a three horse I race. I don't think they are. No, I don't think they are. But Villa fans are enjoying it. Why shouldn't they? But I think if you ask the Villa fan now, um, good cup run, top four, that would be some achievement that from Unai Emery. I mean, there's some great horses trying to get in the top four. The Villa got it. Amazing season. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Chelsea were 3-0 up at Kenilworth Road. Looked like it was going to be an easy victory for Pochettino's side. But two goals for Luton made them sweat right to the full-time whistle. But in the end, the visitors picked up the victory. Well, it's, well, a, it's a win, one, isn't it? Well, they had one disallowed, uh, Stevie said, Luton, that is, which was correctly disallowed. But then they had another one at the back post uh, before the second goal uh, that, that crashed off the crossbar. Yeah. Uh, and so... I mean, it's okay, 3 0, you're thinking, and he must have been thinking, Pochettino had done, done and dusted, happy days. Short journey back down to London from Luton, 45 minutes, back down the west. And then, but this Luton side, to be fair to them, and I think that's why I'm, when, I, when I watched them, certainly recently, Rob Edwards' teams, why you just think, you know what, you've got half a chance, yep. half a chance of, of, of hanging on to Everton or whoever it is, if you've got that bit of spirit. But Chelsea were hanging on by their fingernails at the end. Literally hanging on by their fingernails, which is... And as you said, it, it, it's a win's a win, but... Is but it, yeah, it was it, hard work. Is, it because, is there an element of... Well, nobody else does what Luton does. They stick some giants up, up front and they just continually fire balls in the box. It crosses right. them. Or, or did Chelsea just don't have the wherewithal to see things out? Which, which one is it? I think, to be fair... I don't think Chelsea are a great side, you know that. I mean, them and Man United out of the big guns are 
are, are, are you never know what you're going to get. But I think there is an element of going to Kenilworth Road, this sort of smallest ground in the Premier League by yeah. a long yeah. shot. Uh, Don's played, we've all played there, Don played for them. And, and they've harnessed this sort of small pitch, small ground, big atmosphere, sort of, you know, underdog reputation. And, and, and yeah, they're physical, they're fast, they're, they're quite young. Uh, and actually they're playing with not a lot of fear at the moment. Now, if you keep making mistakes like they're making, yes. and they did make in this game, then they're probably going to head back to the Championship. But, as I say, they're going to give themselves, if they can get the basics right, they're going to give teams a lot of problems at home by the way they go about playing crosses in the box, physicality, bit of pace, bit of energy. Uh, so they're enjoyable to watch. It's whether they've got enough quality in the end to stay up. As for Chelsea... Who the hell knows what you're going to get from week to week? Well, Cole Palmer, of course, uh, getting the brace and assisting that game, Don. A big match for him. You take a look at his statistics since moving uh, to Chelsea from Manchester City. Costs a lot of money, remember? It's 47 million uh, euro fee. Um, this is what Pochettino had to say about his attacker. And in the position that he plays, and because he's a left footer, and because he has some similarities in the quality, he's a potential Angel de Maria. Angel is a world champion. He was in PSG with us, and it's an amazing player. Palmer has the capacity and the potential to be close to him with time. He's still far away, but this type of player that can link, can be a playmaker, have the capacity to score, assist. It's a type of player like Angel. Quite the comparison there, Don. Some comparison, but I go back to Phil Foden. Um, but what I see in Cole Palmer is I see a player that's been schooled and guided by Guardiola because, again, it's the, it's the things where he takes it on the back foot. It's his balance, the way he takes players on. What I love about him, I think, more... Uh, than anything. I think it's his cockiness. He's got a swagger. He's arrogant in a good way. I mean, you see that by his goal. Any one of us probably bearing down on the goalkeeper would have went for a certain type of finish, round the keeper or try and dink it or slot it in the corner. He had the arrogance to put his studs over it and roll it to his right-hand side. Then he didn't even panic on the finish. He took another touch and just sort of tapped into the back of the net with lots of arrogance. So I like that in him. I like a young player that can go to Chelsea and boss it already and be the top man because he probably is. Um, but I'm with Craig. I mean, I, I worked on the Wolves game the other day where the excuse for Chelsea is they're a young side, but it was a Raheem Sterling mistake that didn't square at five yards. Ironically, to Cole Palmer, so he's an experienced player making mistakes. But in terms of Palmer, the player, I mean, at a young age, he's going to get so much better. You, you could argue that he's been the... Of all the shiners they've made, and the, the, how many is it? 22? And you said 47 million, but... He's probably the best signing they've made. Right. Eight, eight goals, six assists. I mean, Anthony at United was 80-something million. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's turning out to be, I think, they're probably their best well, signing. They spent 60-odd million in Cucurella. Yeah. Hey. Uh, they spent 60-odd million or whatever it was in Mihaila Modric, who, yep. who, who is the polar opposite of, of Cole Palmer. They're, dif they're different players. But Mihaila Modric is all about pace and, and has, at the moment, this moment in his career, has basically very little end product mm. where Cole Palmer is, as Don said he's more, he's more um, there's more of a guile and a balance about him and, and he's all about end product and that can only get better I, I, you know, I think there's an element of calming down about talking about a youngster uh, in, in such heights I mean Chelsea have just beaten two of the worst teams in the Premier League and all of a sudden he's in Crystal Palace in Luton and now he's comparing uh, a 21 year old to a guy who's been around the block so I think there's an element of getting carried away rather than just saying, look, he's got a big career ahead of him if he keeps working hard. Uh, but yeah, he is uh, a very good youngster at the moment, but 
but others are going to have to step up. Uh, New Year's Eve action on Sunday. Both North London sides are playing. Fulham taking on Arsenal. Arsenal uh, favourites going into that tie, looking to bounce back after that home defeat against West Ham. Everyone believes uh, that Arsenal will do it exactly that. 2-0, say Craig and Stevie and Don. Uh, I've gone for three. Meanwhile, in the other game, Tottenham against Bournemouth. Maybe a little harder to call. Postcoglu's side are favourites, despite shipping all those goals, of course, uh, against Brighton. This is the predictions that everyone's gone for. Oh, me and you are the same, Stevie. Aye. Bit of 2-2. Don and Craig, meanwhile, think Spurs are going to get all three points uh, with a 2-1 victory. And just a reminder, of course, the start of the new year. We'll see the third round of the FA Cup. All 32 matches will be live on ESPN+, Plus, including on Friday, Spurs against Burnley. And on Sunday, what a tie it will be in North London. Arsenal take on Liverpool. And on Monday, Wigan against Manchester United. Just a reminder, plenty of content uh, throughout the week over on our YouTube channel. Be sure to go to ESPN FC and subscribe. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now, late game in Italy today was the big one. Juventus taking on Ro Roma. In the end, Rabiot's goal proved to be the difference between the two sides. Remember, Inter dropped points yesterday. So, just taking a look at what that means for the title race in Italy. Just two points now separate the top two. For more on this, Gab Marcotti uh, joins us to reflect on that win for Juve. Of course, Gab, a big win. Well, huge win, as you said. It takes them, uh, uh, you know, within two points of Inter at the top of the table. Roma, always uh, a tough out. And it's funny, Dan, because I got to say, I have a lot of doubts about Max Allegri. I'm not a big fan of his football. But he's getting the results, and he's got no choice. He's got what he considers lemons, which is what others might consider talented youngsters. <laughs> and he's getting the best out of them. We saw Kenan Yeldiz, um starting alongside Vlaovic. Vlaovic had been sitting out a few few games. Uh, he played. He was uh, he was a handful for, for Roma's back three. Kenan Yeldiz certainly had his, uh, uh, had his moments uh, as well. And, you know, Juve facing Roma saying, all right, guys, we're both going to sit deep, pick our spots. Uh, these are the kind of games we usually win, especially at home. And, and he was right. Uh, Roma 
had their chances too, with, but they are a little too Dybala dependent, I think. Um, and in the end, even though Mourinho said that he felt that Roma deserved all three points, I think most onlookers would feel that when you play a game like this uh, in that way against Juve away from home, uh, Juve are most likely to win, and they did. Uh, do you agree with Mourinho? Roma deserved the win, Don? Roma deserved the win. Is that what he said? No, I don't agree with that whatsoever. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine why he said it. I mean, I watched the game, and apart from Dybala's effort with the outside of the left foot, he was their standout player. But I thought I thought Juve were good. I thought Vlaovic early on had a chance on his right foot. They looked more dangerous in front of goal. Uh, they had the quality of Chiesa when he came off the bench. Um, Allegri's getting it done, Dan. It's the fifth time this season. Juve won 1-0. They were the better side. Got no idea what tree Mourinho is barking in, but it's uh, it's not the right one. Uh, percentage <laughs> chance then, Don barking 50, up. 50-50. 50-50. 50-50. Juve Inter. 50-50. No one will. No one apart from Juve or Inter can win the league, in my opinion. I think it's Inter's, but 50-50. Gab, do you agree? 50-50. I think you have to make some allowance for somebody else. Milan aren't that far back, even though uh, they were 1-0 winners today with, uh, with Pulisic uh, scoring the only goal, uh, although it does feel like they are far away. Um, I'm going to go, let's say, 50 Inter, 45 Juve, because Inter do have a better squad and they do have the lead, and uh, give a 5% to, 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 to the field, which obviously is going to be Mostly Milan. Uh, well, let's focus on Milan now. As you mentioned, Gabby beats Sassuolo by one goal to nil. Christian Pulisic with the only goal in the game. Uh, a big win for Milan, as you say, to try and keep on the coattails at the top two. And Pulisic's had a good start to the season, Gab. Yeah, I think it's six goals and four assists. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just about almost at the halfway point. If you, if you project it out to somebody who, you know, ultimately is probably the third attacking option, um, that projects out to double figures in goals, close to double figures in assists. Uh, those are really, really good numbers. Uh, I think Pioli loves his, his energy um, off the ball, certainly relative to, uh, to Leao when it comes time to press and whatnot. So I think he's having uh, he's having a good year. I think he's winning over uh, he's won over the fans uh, already. Obviously, we can debate endlessly what his best position is, and it probably is on the left. And Leao's there, and he's not going to displace Leao, obviously. Uh, but he's shown uh, a ton of adaptability, and and I think if Milan can sort themselves out in other parts of the pitch, namely midfield, which I think is improving now with Benacer back, um, I think that can only help. Uh, Pulisic as well. Uh, Don, have you been surprised that he's been able to put in these sort of numbers? Not really, because I think there's always been a player in there, Dan. I think he's, I mean, I just looked at his age there, 25, so sometimes it takes a player to mature. And once you've had the moves, Dortmund and Chelsea, and it didn't quite happen for him at Chelsea, um, he maybe he's believed. I, I always got the feeling when I watched Christian Pulisic that he, he didn't quite believe he could be a top player. I think he was... I think he felt as though maybe he was inferior. He might not say that, but that's the impression I got by the performances that I saw. Happy to be on the on the periphery, happy to be on the edges, make an impact every now and again. But maybe because he was talked of, of being a great so young, it was difficult for him. All right, he had injuries along the way, which obviously didn't help. But, you know, when you go through Dortmund and you go through Chelsea and you go through the amount of managers that he went through, now you arrive at Milan, you can't keep blaming everyone else. You can't blame the managers. You can't play the injuries. You can't blame the systems. So hopefully Christian Pulisic, now at 25, 
the penny has dropped because the talent has always been there. And I'm glad that he's, uh, he's playing well and contributing because he's, he deserves it. As long as he's in a good place and he believes in himself, I think he's got the talent. I think, I think he'll look at it and say, well, you know, at Chelsea, changing managers, as Don said, wasn't always getting an opportunity, but, but they wanted me out because they wanted to buy better players. And I think when he looks at it, you, you could argue that they haven't really, have they? Mm. Let's be honest, they've bought players a bit like him, uh, injured, inconsistent, end product questionable. And so I think he can feel pretty good about himself that he's actually made a, a good move here away from this because Chelsea were going to move in a better direction. And at this moment in time, you have to, you have to say they haven't really. Uh, we'll say thank you very much uh, to Gab and to Don. Uh, just a reminder, for more from Gab, you can check out the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast, which is available to listen to now. And both will be back for extra time, which you can check out over on our YouTube channel. It's just a short winter break, isn't it, for Spain. They'll be back in action on Tuesday. Getafe against Rivercano kick things off on Wednesday. Real Madrid against Mallorca is followed by Girona against Atletico Madrid. And on Thursday, Barca in action away against Las Palmas. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned, though. Extra time will be next. Gab and Don back with us. Craig and Stevie as well. All right. Ah, good. <laughs> Extra time's next. Welcome in then to the latest edition of Extra Time. Gab bopping away. He loves the music. Don, what did the twins get for, from Father Christmas? Oh, my days. Far too much. Far too much noise. Far too many <laughs> toys to play with. And they don't play with them in the playroom. Oh, no. No, they bring them into the living room. Oh, no. Carnage everywhere. Uh, did you see what Don was drinking over Christmas? Yes. No, no. Red wine and Coke. <laughs> oh, Gab's going to love that. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I, saw you, I, I saw you tweet that out. Look at him. <laughs> apparently, apparently since the 70s, though, the Spanish have been drinking it. No. Not no. when I was there. No, no. Well, honestly, no, I mean, I no. put it on social media, and the amount of tweets I had, or X's, whatever they're called these days, <laughs> Spanish name in the 70s have been drinking it. I think down in South Africa, they've got a name for it. Gab it was actually it. quite nice. Confirmation, confirmation Don, that your followers are a bunch of Muppets. <laughs> it was standard. Well, they're following the Muppets. Uh -huh. so it's, it's nice, though. Uh, Don, uh, uh, Gab, would that be a beverage that would attract you? <laughs> I've genuinely never heard of red wine and Coke. I, I, I don't doubt it. I'm assuming if you have... You know, one of those $3 bottles of red wine <laughs> with a twist-off cap. Um, maybe me. it tastes better if you if you pull like a liter bottle of Coke in it. I don't know. I you know, knock yourself out. I, I'd probably rather drink that with Coke than, than drink some really bad Try red wine straight. But Try it, Gap. If, 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 Don, if you have nice red wine, I if you nice have red wine. proper... And you pour Coke into it. Because someone told me it was really nice, what? that was a bit of a trend, so I thought... <laughs> it's well, a, a trend in the 70s in Spain. No, 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 as in, like, it's a bit of a trend over here. And I thought, well, I've never heard of it before, like Gab, so I will try it, because I like red wine. I like Coke. And my girlfriend like Coke. likes Coke, and I thought, this is this new little drink that's going around. I'll try it, really nice. Then, apparently, I found out Spaniards have been drinking it for 
50 years? Ah, uh, uh, some Spaniards, I think, Don. Um, no, 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 I don't think so. Uh, did, Craig, right, Craig. did Craig pull over when Manchester United scored their equaliser? Also, did Craig get a speeding ticket when Forrest scored their second? <laughs> Getting a bit old this now, isn't it? Well, that's it, we move on from that. Uh, oh, what's the deal with Manchester United? Well, we talked about it. Gab, do you want to throw in your two pennies on Manchester United? I, I, I'm, I'm completely, completely lost on this. Uh, I see you never I mentioned roll the bottom, on but... Ratcliffe and Brailsford and Jean-Claude Blanc and you know what? I, it's easy to point out all the rip-roaring success they've had uh, at Lausanne and, and at Nice and I, you just get lost, right? You, you, it's gotten to the point where you almost feel sorry. Where I, I feel sorry for Ten Hag because I'm always imagining him after games and saying, what kind of explanations can he give? What can he talk about? Did he control the game this time? Were they unlucky? Um, were there things he really liked? I, I, I genuinely don't know. It's almost unfair to, to put him up there after matches. Almost. Dan, you're going to ask the second part oh, of the question. I just saw the second part. Do you yeah. guys remember those summer episodes when Stevie tried to convince Dan that Manchester United overperformed last year? Yeah. Well, you, you just... Think? Hmm? What do you think? What do, he, we, what do you mean? He what thinks you, you think? said Arsenal weren't getting the top four. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what do I think about what? Well, the second part of the question. So did you have Manchester United finishing in the top four in your predictions? No. You sure? I am 100% sure. Oh. Good try, Dan. I know, I was trying. You man. were trying. I couldn't remember. You went for the gamble. So then. who did you, you have in the know. top four then? <laughs> so you thought, oh, United are not in there, who's in there? <laughs> yeah, who did you have in your top four? Uh, Chelsea. Newcastle, along with the usual three. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Say yeah, like you're proud. Yeah, yeah. well, I have, yeah. Um, obligatory percentage question for Don. Percentage chance Ten Hag makes it to the end of the season. No. I'm like, Gab. Uh, I keep saying, I, I feel sorry for him. Um, I don't. Sorry for him? Why? Because he's just got so many... Listen. He's got so many problems and so many wasters and oh, so many guys that should be what, playing Don. for Man United. Don, he's got, Let to me stick tell you he's got to stick a team out there and he can't trust them. Don. Answer the question. Don. I think it's a 70%. Don, let me tell you something. For all the problems Eric Ten Hag's got in this world, he's not drinking red wine and coke. <laughs> hey, no. Judging by some of his team picks, maybe, he might need to get on it. Maybe and and by the way, when somebody tells him to drink red wine and coke, even he's got the... He's got to go. Even he's got the nose to go. Get out of here. No, he needs to get on it then. You go. He's oh. lost 14 games this season. Stevie, you like this one. Oh. In Liverpool's worst ever season, their crisis season last season, Stevie. Right. They lost 14 games. Man, you have lost 14 games already, already. and we're halfway through the season. David Moyes Have lost that, 16. Oh, there I like that. I like that, like that one, Doug. Oh, that's enough stats. Um, <laughs> red wine and cork. Get it on the table. Happy New Year, Craig. Who has a better chance at top six finish? Chelsea, Manchester United or Newcastle? Uh, top six? Chelsea won't. Yeah. Chelsea won't. Is that the Coke man? It's Coke man. <laughs> uh, better chance. It's Newcastle man. They have a, well, you might have noticed they're having their own problems at the moment. Uh, well, they've regressed, don't they? 
Right, I'm going to say. Apparently. I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to say Newcastle. Newcastle. That's how bad it is. Yeah, you agree, Stevie? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> With Newcastle? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you being aggressive? Oh, I'm just. Apparently, he's been off for a week. Somebody on this panel said that Newcastle had regressed. Well, they have regressed. No, they haven't. Oh my God, Stevie, don't do it again. <laughs> what have we <they> done? Improved. <laughs> They finished in the top four last year. How can you have 13 players out oh. injured and then you turn around and say they've regressed? Had they had no injuries and they were sitting where they were, then I would have agreed with you. So if Manchester United You cannot. What do you mean on Manchester? Since the first game of the season, Man United have been garbage. But look at all their injuries. Well, they didn't have any injuries against Wolves. <laughs> What's the first game of the season at El Trapper when they were absolute <laughs> garbage. Why? They've been absolute garbage all season, regardless of whether it's injuries or not. Newcastle have had 13 injuries and, and still go about it in a, in a manner in which we'll all still watch. Oh, don't start Stevie, telling me don't be like that. That's an absolute lot of garbage. Newcastle have 13 got, injuries right. and you're telling me you're going to turn around and say that they've regressed. Yeah, of What's course they've regressed. They've finished top four and you've seen against Forest. I mean, don't be stupid, Dan. As I told you, in simple terms, Listen, take a breath, the put same your players, If they'd had the same players <laughs> all season and were sitting where they were, then I would, a, I would start agreeing with you. Right. But you can't say the regret so how would you when, they haven't, when they've had 13 players missing. So how would you describe Seriously? it? They've had a ton of injuries the whole season. Right. So, Spurs? so are you going to turn around, are you, would you get rid of the manager then? I didn't say anything about the manager. Why wouldn't you if they were the regressed that badly? How can you regress I, that badly then? When, when, and keep the manager. Wait, wait, why is the level now badly? They've just regressed, well, that's just, fine. All, it's, I that's I a fact. Question, all I asked you a question was, would you get rid of the manager? No. And you said no. No, but that, uh, Why that, wouldn't you get rid of the manager if the team's regressed? <laughs> because they haven't regressed that badly yet. Don't look so at me. Like, you're talking garbage, Dan. I don't think I am, Stephen. Yeah. I'm telling you, trust your uncle Stephen. Yeah. Everyone has got injuries. Everyone has got problems. Newcastle finished top four last year. But it's okay to say they've regressed. Let's, let, let's take Newcastle out of the picture. Right. This is fundamentally. Let me know when if this one is team, done, <laughs> If one team finishes there, yep. and then eight months later they've got 13 injuries, the and are there, are you going to start talking about regressing? It's not you can't judge a team when they've got 13 first team players out. That's that's madness. Don, have they regressed? Stevie, I love you. Well they have, mate. I can't, you can't believe you're asking. Where's the Newcastle fan? I I love I'd love I'd love to back you up. Explain Stevie, to me. Well Don, explain to me. How you can judge. So so Eddie Howe has to go then. With all the money they've spent, that league. and they've regressed. No, he doesn't idiot. have to go. Well, why is that? He can get he can get the 13 injuries back, and then they can improve <laughs> again. Absolutely. But they have lost. A, they have chucked a few games away. They lost at Luton a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, get your, I get your injuries. Gav, would you like you to? Can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. If if the original question is who's likelier to finish in the top four, Newcastle or Manchester United? I'm going to lean Manchester United. That's not the question. It's the group. We've now regressed. Move on. Thanks, Jim. Thanks. The question is, have Newcastle regressed? Yes. Okay, so you have a manager who's never played European football and the rhythm of playing Champions League football, certainly. You have all the injuries on top of that. I think you give the manager a little bit of a pass on that one, which is why you don't sack him. If by regress, 
And by the way, Stevie, it's not always 13 injuries. Some of those injured guys, like Sven Botman, for example, are back. Um, but I think the question is, is he going to do better now that they're not playing European football? I think absolutely yes. But then you also have to recognize that last season they did a great job finishing fourth. But last season was also a season in which Liverpool and Chelsea uh, and Spurs, who you know are all other teams that are plausible in the top four, Liverpool and Chelsea habitual in the top four, they all had absolute stinkers. Chelsea and Spurs had, what, three different managers. Liverpool, as we heard, had those 14 defeats that, that, that Stevie talked about. So obviously that makes it easier to get into the top four. So weigh all those things up. I'm, I think, you know, they've gone back a little bit, but right. you give them a pass. They've regressed. There we go. Good. Good. They've regressed. <laughs> there we got there in the end. Gone back a little bit. Gone back. Regressed. Back. Perfect. Back. Back. Stevie's wrong. Forward. Oh, what's forward? Thanks, <laughs> Charles. Start, bench, drop these managers for Manchester United, Steve. Well, Ealan, uh, by the way. What? Oh, you got yourself all excited. <laughs> I'm roasted. <laughs> Steve, do you want to take your tie off? You're not going to collapse on us. I'll be all right. Conte, Potter and Steve Nichols. Well, it's got to be Potter. Potter's definitely got to get the job, isn't it? Potter? Con? I mean, the thing is with Conte, at least he would put a rocket up them. Yes. Yeah, no. How about yourself? No, it's no. Not. <laughs> That'd be fun. No. Uh, Stevie, do you have any positive words for Liverpool season so far? It always seems like you're very negative despite the results. I don't think I've been overly negative. I think I've basically said that from the middle to the front, they'll score goals and create chances. But defensively, I'm a little worried. Now, the stats don't back that up. I think, I think Liverpool, as far as conceding goals in the Premier League are as good as anybody, but I must admit, I, I, maybe, maybe the fact that I do follow the team closely and I was a defender, maybe I see things, slightly exaggerated mistakes maybe. Right. So I don't think I've been that negative. Well, that's what the Liverpool Echo says. I know. Uh, Don, percentage chance West Ham will qualify for the Champions League? via the league or winning the Europa League? Oh, oh. Uh, I don't think they'll squeak into the top four um, as much as David Moyes is doing an unbelievable job. Um, percentage chance Europa League, some good sides in there. Oh, I think it's about a 30. 30%? Well, that's high. Yeah. To win the Europa League? Yeah. With all the teams dropping. There you go. Confident. They've not regressed, though. No. They have regressed. Oh, no, well, it's... Let's get the litmus test. Dan, have they? West Ham? Oh, they've been brilliant. Okay. No, I'm just I, I bow to your superior knowledge. That's why I asked you. So good to have you back, Stevie. All hot and sweaty. Uh, for Stevie, when a team like Chelsea can seize loads of goals from open play, crosses is on the manager or the players? Oh. I mean, it's got to be on both, but... You know, with, with the experience that they've got, it's one thing to make a mistake, but it's another thing to, to keep making the same mistake. And it seems like that's what they're doing. Which is kind of strange when you've got Thiago Silva in there who should be able to organise everybody around them. So I, I, I would suggest I would suggest a lot of it is on the players, but there's no question. If, if things are continually going wrong, yeah. then the manager has to do something, whether it's on the training field or whatever, to, to, to change it. Did you want to add something, Gav? Um, yeah, sorry. Did you say with the experience that they've got? I mean, other than Thiago Silva and 
Raheem Sterling. Who has any kind of experience oh, on this just checking on you, Stevie? I, mean, I, I can be as critical as anybody. Stevie, this is... Stevie's on the stinker. Well, well, let me tell you something. So many of these so guys are young. Something. So many I'll of them are the, new. They're the, the reason together. Well, okay, so you asked your question. So the answer is easy. Thiago Silva's there. That, that's the reason why he's playing. Is to organise the young guys around him. That's his job. Right, but... But, but, but Stevie... Sorry, I, 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 I know you played and then you're a new coach. Ah, right? but you can't. You can have the experienced guy organizing and telling people what to do. But there's going to be situations where you, as a player, even though you have wise old Stevie telling you what to do, where you have to read situations on your own and make decisions on your own. Right? It, it's not like it, it's not like Thiago Silva's a, a, a puppeteer and he's got his hands up up by the shield's backside or or, or Disasi and he's moving them around. At some point having individuals with experience who make the right decisions has to matter too, right? So I don't, I don't know the stats, but I'm going to guess most of these, most of these guys have had, had probably upwards of nearly 100 first-team games. Yes. Well, I mean, how, how, how long do you need to wait before somebody keeps making the same mistake? I mean, seriously, how much experience is it? Is it number 200? At 18, by the time you're 22, you've had 100 games and you're experienced. You're a little Thiago Silva, 22. Perfect. Uh, Craig, was the Spurs job too? Right, by the way. Craig, was was the Spurs? Sorry, though. I do do beg your pardon. (laughs) Was the Spurs job too big for Nuno, Craig? Is a job managing a less glamorous team like Forrest or Wolves more suited to him? Possibly. I, I can't. To be, to be honest, his time at Spurs for me is not very memorable at no, all. No, if you ask me about it, how long did it no. last? It just felt that he was, and Ange Postacoglu certainly wasn't the first choice for the job, there's no mm. doubt about that, but I think Nuno was even further when he got it down the, uh, down the list, but you know, I, he clearly has got good experience, but yeah, I, I don't, well, it looks like it, doesn't it? I would imagine. Final question is for Stevie. Uh, looking through the records, I don't see that you ever played against Rangers or Celtic in an official match for Liverpool. Is that true? Is that something you're sorry you never got to experience? Did you play against them for someone else? No, I think that's true. We played against Celtic. We played against Celtic um, in a friendly uh, before we restarted playing in the, in the old first division after Hillsborough. Right. So the first game we played was against Celtic at Parkhead, just as a kind of a, to get a game behind us before we started back in the league because we never played a league a league game for two weeks. Right. After the Hillsborough disaster, so we played against Celtic. I actually played against I did play against Celtic in a proper game for Air United in a competition called the Drybrook Cup, which what, is the what cup? The Drybrook Cup. What's the Drybrook? Which is basically the Carabao Cup in Scotland. Okay. Uh, at Parkhead, and we beat them 2-1. Oh, nice. Yes. And a driver was the sponsor? Yes. What is that? No idea. I don't know. And you played, obviously, there's, there's against, half a chance it's alcohol. Uh, you played against Liverpool in the UEFA Cup, was it, over the two legs? Yeah, UEFA Cup. That yeah. was huge. That, I, was, I, I was young, I remember that. that was, you were young. No, what I mean yeah, is that got a lot of attention. Well, uh, yeah, because it was uh, live on BBC. Yes. So it was David Pleat, yeah. his old boss, and John Motson. Commentating Hansen in the Maca, studio. Maca scored like Maca scored a brilliant. That was goal, the game where uh, 
uh, Marker scored the equaliser at Celtic Park. Uh, he describes it as the best goal he's scored in his career. Wasn't the best from my point of view, <laughs> watching him. <laughs> but yeah, we played 2-2 uh, at Celtic Park, 0-0 at, uh, at Anfield. They went through and away goals. But great, just great atmosphere. Yeah. You know, midweek games, both yeah. at Anfield and at Celtic Park. Michael Owen played, actually scored, I was telling you the other day. Yeah. God knows what age he was. I, I think he might be 16 or might have been 17. He scored the first goal at Celtic Park to give him a 1-0 lead. My God. Back, particularly back in that, those days when he was that age. He was lightning. He was rapid, yeah. He was rapid. But yeah, that was a good experience just to play. It wasn't the best Liverpool side, I have to say. Right. It wasn't a Liverpool side. It was Don in it? No. Uh, oh. He wasn't in it. Rob Jones, yeah. Matt Wright, Carol Hines, Riedler, right. Michael Owen, Macker, Michael Thomas, Paul Inns. It was a good side, but yeah. it wasn't wasn't challenging for the league. Uh, and Don, you could have moved to Scotland, but didn't. Yeah, um, bit of a regret that one, Dan. It was not that I not that I regret going back to West Ham for the second time, but it was uh, I was at Sunderland at the time, and it was a choice between West Ham or Glasgow Rangers. Uh, Dick Advocat was the manager at 2000, uh, Champions League footy at the time, and I was so drawn to play for Rangers. I, I, it was so close. It was, honestly, it was that close. Put my head on the pillow one night. I went, I've got no idea where I'm going. Well, did you have, a, no did you have a red wine and a coat? <laughs> yeah, a red wine and a coat. And went, oh, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it at the time. So you just went, went to West Ham and it was... Was West Ham paying you more, Don? Pardon? Were they paying you more? No, um, it was basically, I was trying to think how many great games I'd be playing up at, up at Rangers and it was obviously Celtic twice and maybe his Hearts and Aberdeen. And then I was thinking like West Ham and you've got Old Trafford and you've got Anfield and Goodison and Spurs and all the brilliant sides. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got to go back to the Prem. Like, I've got to stay in the Prem, sorry. Um, but honestly, it was so close. And I sit here now, having done West Ham twice, and it's nothing on West Ham, but as I played for them originally, I'd like to have had Glasgow Rangers on the CV. Uh, that is it. That brings us to the end. What beverage of choice will it be now, Don, before bed? Uh, red wine and coke. Be the one. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you very much. Thanks to Gab as well. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, uh, New Year's Eve. Are you both here tomorrow? Nope. Craig will be here. Yes. Oh, Shaq is here as well. So that's all right. What, you sure? Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, be sure to join us. We'll be reflecting on those uh, two games. Of course, Spurs in action against Bournemouth and his Arsenal Fulham. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They're the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com.